Hello and welcome to Small Screen Stories. This is the daily show where I go over all the news in the world of entertainment and pop culture. My name is Edward Lauder. I'm the editor of Small Screen. And let's just get straight into the news of today. And there's a lot to get through because I'm also going to be going over some of the news from yesterday uh, because I didn't get to do a live show yesterday. But uh, the very first thing I think we should talk about is the fact that Disney is reportedly not considering releasing uh, Black Widow on Disney Plus before its theatrical debut. So this this actually comes after there were a lot, a lot of rumors that, um, yeah, that basically that is going to happen, that we are going to be seeing uh, a Disney Plus release of uh, of Black Widow. Before I start this, let me just zoom in here. Sorry about this. Uh, this isn't very professional. Right, that's a bit better. Yeah. So, but then, so there were lots of there were lots of rumors that this was happening. John Campio actually did uh, an episode on his show where he was told that sources had been contacting him saying that Disney was going to be doing this. Actually, incidentally, I was also told by uh, people that this was happening that Disney were going to be releasing. Um, um, Black Widow, sorry, on Disney Plus, rather than having it released in cinemas. I was actually told they're going to do a two a two pronged approach, a bit like what Wonder Woman, what's happening with Wonder Woman at 1984, which I'm going to go into in a second. However, apparently, Deadline have just reported that it's not true that Disney have never been thinking about this, but they had they had they did say that they're going to be they're thinking of doing that with Cruella, uh, Pinocchio. And I believe there's another film in there that they're also thinking of doing that too. But basically, there are some films that they're thinking of releasing on Disney Plus rather than in cinemas. And of course, this is because of the pandemic that's going on at the moment. And it's just a very, very tough time for everyone, especially, well, it's a very tough time for everyone. But at the moment, it really is impacting certain industries and the entertainment industry, um, the food and beverage industry as well, are ones that are being severely affected by this. So... Well, what does it what does it mean? What does what does all this mean then for the future of uh, like are Disney going to start releasing th- more things on Disney Plus? I believe that's inevitable. I I really do believe that's inevitable. However, at the moment, like what's going to happen with cinemas as well moving forward? I think a lot of cinemas are going to go out of business. But no, according to Deadline, Di- uh, Disney is not, and Marvel are not thinking of releasing Black Widow on Disney Plus as it stands at the moment. They are hoping to be getting a theatrical release for this movie, and there are many reasons why why that would be the case. One of the reasons is they'd make a lot more money in a th- with a theatrical release. Um, another reason is that, uh, well, that is the main reason that they'd get more money and on a theatrical release. The other there is another reason though, and it's that they still haven't quite worked out how to do this. So they haven't quite worked out how they're going to be able to monetize this. Now, if you've seen with the release of Mulan, uh, Mulan, you had to pay, I believe it was like nineteen pounds. I'm thinking maybe a bit less in the UK. I can't remember what it is. Maybe twenty five dollars in the US. So you had to you had to pay that money, even if you're a Disney Plus subscriber, and then you only got to rent the movie, so you didn't even get to keep it. And then there was a big hoopla when uh, it was revealed that you can actually just go when it was eventually released on other platforms. You could actually just go to Google uh, and buy it for the same amount of money, actually probably even less money than you had you were able to rent it on Disney Plus to begin with. So it's obviously something that they haven't quite worked out yet. And then this leads in to um, to the news that 
Wonder Woman 1984, it, it's been revealed that they're releasing it both on HBO Max and in cinemas on Christmas Day. So what does this mean? Well, basically, I think a lot of people that claim to be sources then reached out to people like me, like myself, and I'm always very weary of these, well, wary, sorry, weary, wary, of these people that I don't know very well, that they, they come, to, well, I don't know at all in some cases, and they just give me supposedly inf supposed information on things and then so I, I sat on it for a while and then deadline uh, released there I also asked around some people that I do know in the industry that said that they hadn't heard anything about this that they had heard that Disney are planning or is planning on releasing some movies on Disney plus but it's actually the lower tier not not films like one um, like uh, Black Widow but they are doing it at Warner Brothers <clears throat> and Warner Brothers is kind of different because HBO Max isn't available everywhere, so Warner. So basically, Wonder Woman is still going to be getting a, a theatrical release, basically everywhere else other than the United States. So, there's. Well, what do, what does that what does that mean then? But basically, I've heard lots of people complaining that uh, apparently Wonder Woman 1984 is coming out in like international markets on the 18th of December, which is before the 25th, and that means there'll be spoilers. I've lived in France my whole life and I got to watch Marvel movies and I believe DC Comics movies before they were released in the UK or the US and that's because they have a they release movies on a Wednesday here in in, in France and that's just all all new movies always released on a Wednesday which often means that these new big blockbusters are released in France before they're released in the United States or uh, or the UK and there have been no spoilers really as I can as far as I can tell and remember there have been no major spoilers revealed from I may I mean maybe in the French trades I don't know but it's not something I think people should really be worrying about I think what people should be what should actually be worrying about is especially if you're involved in the entertainment industry if you're involved in in the movie industry is is thinking about how this is going to proceed and it looks very much like Disney is really going to be leaning on streaming. It was revealed recently that Disney, within its first year, has already got over 73 million subscribers, which is crazy considering the only original kind of big bit of content they've made is The Mandalorian. There have been a few other shows that they made, but nothing is nothing as big as The Mandalorian, where Netflix, I think, is close to like 190 million subscribers now, maybe 193 million, I think they have. And they're making like new stuff all the time. And they're operating at a loss. I think it's like an 11 billion loss like a year. Um, but what it looks like with Disney, because they don't have to license things, uh, they can actually make a massive profit just by releasing all their movies on Disney Plus because they already have Pixar, Star Wars. Uh, they have all the Fox movies now. They, <laughs> they have all the Marvel movies. They've got so much content, so they don't need to go out and license uh, a lot of stuff. <clears throat> and one of the main reasons why Netflix uh, makes, well, spends so much money isn't actually because they're spending a lot of money on original content. No, it's actually because they're spending a lot of money on licensing things. So the more money, like the, one of the main reasons, one of the main things about these streaming services is they need a massive library. It was also revealed, I think, that like close to 80% of... Um, of content watched on Netflix is not original content. I think that's probably a bit lower now. I think it's in the 70s, but it's still really high. So it means that people are watching more licensed stuff, which to me makes sense because before like The Crown came out, for instance, I was like, I was mainly, my wife and I were mainly watching 
stuff that's not Netflix original stuff like Friends, How I Met Your Mother, those kind of shows. A lot of people watch, like, if you look at the numbers, people watch a lot of Friends. I know it's not available in the US, but it was available in the UK. I think it's still available in France. But if you think worldwide, the amount of people that watch those original programs, original Netflix shows, is actually quite low. And that's quite worrying for Netflix because what they want to do is end up having basically just all their own content and not having to spend as much money on licensing, which is why Disney Plus is in such a, a strong position and is why they can afford basically at the moment to just wait as far as Black Widow is concerned and not release it on Disney Plus. They don't have to panic. It's a completely different situation with Warner Brothers because Warner Brothers, they've made a huge loss this year. You look at Tenet, they did get to release Tenet, but it only made, I think it just crossed 400 million which is, that's an, that's operating at a loss for that movie because they spent a lot of movie on that and then you add in marketing onto that as well and then in the end, I think they just broke even, maybe. I think I, I think they just broke even on that movie. But they can't, afford to, they, they can't afford to do that with Wonder Woman, which is why they're looking at this two-pronged approach so that they can still get people. Maybe over here in, in France and the UK, there might be some streaming service. Maybe in the UK, it might be on Sky where you can purchase it rather than have to go to the cinemas because, of course, cinemas here and in the United Kingdom and Germany, are also, they're all closed at the moment because we're all in lockdown. And it looks like they're going to be closed until 2021, until January. So releasing it in cinemas in Europe is going to be tough. Maybe like Canada, they'll be able to release it, parts of the United States, maybe other parts like Brazil, where they've just been going ahead as normal Sweden, maybe places like that that they might be able to, to release it in those cinemas and make a bit of money from that, which will hopefully then balance itself out with the addition of people maybe subscribing to HBO Max in like the United States and then people paying money to just rent it. Or I think it would be rent to begin with, rent it on streaming services. So it's it's a really interesting situation if you're into all this sort of stuff. Uh, it's a difficult situation. If, if I mean, it must be a complete nightmare for people in uh, movie studios trying to work all this out but uh, I think there will be a time where I'm I, I'm ve- I love the cinema experience I love going to the cinema and I do worry about the future of cinemas especially well everywhere but especially in places like the United Kingdom and the United and, and and the US because what I'm seeing now especially after this this kind of lockdown this this uh, global well this pandemic a lot of people are, seem to be okay staying at home and just watching things at home. And I think a lot of people are going to be doing that in the future. And I also think movie studios are going to be relying far more on streaming services for income. They're going to have to work out kit like how to monetize that. I personally hope they don't. But if you just look at the amount of money that Disney can make just by keeping their own, just by putting their own stuff on a, on a, on a streaming service, like they make they make billions from that. And they don't have to really spend anything. There are operating costs, but it's not it's not massive. And they're not having to license stuff. So to them, it actually makes more sense just to start releasing more stuff on Disney+, Plus, which is why you're seeing Soul, which is a big Pixar movie. But as far as they're concerned, that makes a lot more sense because it's a family-orientated film. And they know that probably families will buy this thing uh well I, I mean i don't i don't actually know how they're going to release it whether they're going to do the mulan thing and make people like spend money to to, to rent it or whether they're just going to release it i'm not a hundred percent sure on that we're gonna to have to wait and see but let me know what you guys think about all this that i've just kind of driveled on about 
in the comments below. Right, moving away from that and moving on to our exclusive and the exclusive is, uh, I'm actually really excited about this. So I did, I did report something similar a couple of weeks back uh, that uh, I was told that Dan Stevens is in talks to join the MCU. But that was basically all I was told and I wasn't told what the character was, I wasn't told how far along they are in those talks. I wasn't. I, I didn't even know whether he was going to be pl actually playing Legion in it, which of course he played Legion in the FX show, which is a fantastic show. If you get the chance to watch that, Noah Hawley created it. He's the guy that did Fargo. And he was actually working on a Doctor Doom movie, but I, I, I suppose that's not happening anymore because uh, that's no longer with Fox. But it's, it's a fantastic series and Dan Stevens is brilliant in it, but it looks like he's not going to be playing that character. So as far as uh, my, like, basically what happened, I was talking to my sources like about this a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, and then they came back to me saying that he's playing a villain um, and he's, he's in talks possibly as a villain. So I just want to get this up here so you can see, I will put that to one side. There you go. So yeah, the, the, here's the quote. So Dan Stevens and Marvel are currently d deep in conversations. It's for a role in the MCU, um, the movies. So not this is how this person speaks. Uh, not the not TV shows, not the TV shows, and it could be a villain. So then, uh, so this is the first thing that I heard. This is kind of an update, and I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. And then um, a second uh, source then corroborated the information from the first source and also added that Stevens is in talks with Marvel. Kevin Feige is super excited to bring him into the Marvel family. I'm hearing it's for a villain role, not Legion. So there's more that not Legion fact that kind of swayed me to write this because. It, I, I was thinking it would be brilliant if they could bring him into the MCU as Legion, but it looks like Kevin Feige has other plans for Dan Stevens. Uh, this this guy here, if, in case you don't know who Stan, Dan Stevens is, if you don't know who Dan Stevens is, he's a really, really good actor. And I'm going to go into that now. So Dan Stevens, uh, of course, he played Legion in, in the FX shows. He's a British actor. He kind of first came to prominence uh, in uh, Downton Abbey, and then he left Downton Abbey, actually was killed off in that show. And he actually, I think he asked to be killed off in that show because he then went and filmed a new, uh, a really good movie called The Guest. And in The Guest, he plays uh, quite, he plays a terrible character, like a really nasty character in that. And, um, but the thing is, he hasn't really been typecast as a villain, but he has shown over a long, like, he's actually had a pretty, uh, like, a pr very, very impressive career already. But he's shown in the likes of uh, The Guest, Apostle, which is a Netflix film, which is really, really good. I think that was directed by Gareth Davies, I think it was, the guy that did um, the Raid movies. Anyway, so he was in that. He was in Beauty and the Beast. He was the Beast in Beauty and the Beast, which is actually not a bad film. I, I actually don't. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that bad. But anyway, he's been in a lot of stuff. He was in the Eurovision film recently, and he's an actor that is kind of always on the fringes. He's in a lot of stuff, but he doesn't get the credit that I think he deserves. And um, which is why I'm very, very excited to hear all this about him possibly joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My pick for him, for, for, for him, the role is Doctor Doom. I think he would be brilliant as Doctor Doom. I mean, I know Doctor Doom, the, like, the, the character originally is from uh, an Eastern European country. Well, that's the, 
I can't, I'm blanking on the name of the fictional country that he's that he's the uh, the ruler of in the comics. But I don't think they're going to go that way because uh, I think that's too comic booky even for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think they might try and do something different with that character. But again, it seems as though it, I mean the, I'm now this is pure speculation. I am wondering whether they're casting for the Fantastic Four movie. And if they're casting for the Fantastic Four film, then my money is on him playing Doctor Doom in that movie. I think he'd actually be quite quite a good... Um, uh, is it... Uh, I'm forgetting his name now. Is it Johnny Storm? Uh, Fantastic Four... But again, as I was saying, that he, as far as my sources are concerned, it's 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 going it's possibly a villain role. That the Human Torch, Johnny Storm, yeah, I was right. I think he'd be great in that role actually as well, and I think it'd be actually quite interesting because I I really do think if they if if they do like let's say this is again pure speculation, so if they do go ahead and do what everyone wants them to do, and uh, they cast John Krasinski and Emily Blunt as uh, as Reed Richards and Susan Storm, then casting uh, casting Dan Stevens as Johnny Storm makes perfect sense to me because you look at the t- you look at him and Emily Blunt, you think yeah they definitely could be related, and I think that would be a really really interesting way to go. I do personally wonder whether Dan Stevens would be more attracted to a villain role. Uh, I think he might there might be a bit more for him there to really sink his teeth into, but then. Again, if he's, I mean, if, uh, you know, you get to play the human torch, it's not a bad, not a bad gig at all. But as far as my sources are concerned, again, uh, Kevin Feige is really, really, like, really keen on bringing him into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I am very happy to hear that because I think he needs, uh, I think Dan Stevens needs more, more, he needs to be appreciated more, I think. I think he's one of those actors that is... uh, is underrated and often overlooked uh, for roles and like in bigger movies he's in a lot of kind of he was of course in he has worked with Disney before of course in, in Beauty and the Beast so he's, he knows he knows those people he has he obviously him and his agent obviously have contacts and he got himself that role and he did really well and I think they had a really good uh, a really good relationship uh, with him from that movie so let's see what happens but what do you guys think let me know in the comments below Right, moving on and moving on to uh, Justice League. So Zack Snyder <coughs> has revealed, uh, so he revealed this during a um, a live stream on Vero where he was actually talking about the recent trailer that was released for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Of course, there's a whole story as to what happened with that trailer, why it was taken down, and then he Zack Snyder changed it a bit and then re-uploaded it. It's, of course, in monochrome. Uh, the the trailer that he showed on Vero was in monochrome, and then for some reason the one that HBO Max put up on their uh, platforms was in color. I don't really understand why they did that. But anyway, he was talking about his movie and what's going to happen, well, potentially what's going to happen. And he actually talked about uh, how much new footage was in the film. So he said that it's going to be two and a half hours of new footage, which is basically unseen footage, which uh, incidentally kind of it does confirm one of our scoops that we were told a couple of days ago that it's going to be 70 percent uh unseen footage so two and a half hours uh it's just it's not quite 70 percent it's it's very close because if it's four hours long so it's what it's is it 60 percent <laughs> someone tell me how much that is i don't know but yeah it's, it's basically all going to be new footage which kind of is uh is to be uh, is 
it's to be expected because this movie is a completely different movie from the one that we saw in cinemas that was basically just Joss Whedon, that movie. That was his film all over. And this film is going to be uh, basically footage that Zack Snyder shot whilst whilst shooting the movie to begin with, and then a tiny bit of extra footage that he's been doing in additional photography and reshoots. So mainly one of, one of the... Uh, one of the main, I think one of the main uh, scenes that he's shooting is involving Jared Leto's Joker. And he actually said that the additional photography that he's done for the movie and the reshoots that he's done only accounts for four extra minutes in the film, which is kind of insane if you think he brought back so many people. He brought back Ben Affleck, he brought back Gal Gadot, he brought back Ray Fisher, he brought in Joe Magnello and, um, and Jared Leto and all that for four minutes. I don't quite believe that. I think it's going to be slightly more. But I'm just really, really looking forward to seeing this film. Four hours long. It's not a film. It's, it's a miniseries, basically. It's like an event film that's coming on HBO Max. I still don't know where it's going to be releasing on um, in the UK or yeah, or anywhere else in Europe, for that matter. I still don't know what they're going to be doing as far as that's concerned, but I'm looking forward to, to seeing. I'm pretty sure in the UK it'll be Sky. I think Sky Atlantic. But anywhere else, I have no idea, no clue. But it's going to be made available somewhere, probably on Google Play or something, to to, to buy four-hour miniseries. All Zack Snyder. That's a lot of Zack Snyder. <laughs> but let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. Right, moving on and uh, sticking in the kind of Warner Brothers universe. So it was... Um, this is actually... This comes from a, a, a scoop from Geekosity and I'll just get it up here they were talking about basically how Warner Brothers is not taking the petitions the Amber Heard petitions seriously at all so there are a bunch of petitions online I've already talked about this before uh, asking for Warner Brothers to remove Amber Heard from Aquaman 2 the one of the petitions one of these petitions has now reached over I think it's 1.4 million I think but basically a lot of people have signed this, but there's a lot of talk from Amber Heard herself and apparently from within Warner Brothers saying that these numbers are inflated. Basically, that these are that these petitions are not genuine petitions. They're not signed by real people. They're saying that a lot of bots are behind it. Now, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not sure if that's really the case because I think that's a lot of effort to go into on behalf of supposedly Johnny Depp's team that I mean this is allegedly they're the ones that are behind this but I just don't see that as being the case and um I'm not so I'm not sure I'm really not so sure about that but anyway according to Mikey Sutton who's the owner and editor of Geekosity so he said that his his source told him they see no difference than the than the boycott of Marvel Studios' Captain Marvel films, which proved to be an ineffective as it brought over a billion to Disney. They believe artificially inflated, they believe it's artificially inflated and most likely a politi politically motivated. Um, they don't base their decision on web chatter. So yeah, this is something that I'm a bit like, huh? All right. Um, I understand Warner Brothers not wanting to get rid of Amber Heard because I think it would be bad PR for them. But saying that these petitions aren't worrying them is, I think that's not true. And also, I don't, I really don't think you can, I'm, again, I'm being brut brutally honest here. I'm, I think this is, this is definitely the case, but it's not the, comparing what happened to Brie Larson to what's happening with Amber Heard is very different. Uh, Brie Larson was a very, very, very small 
number of people that were upset with that whole film and and her being in it a very very small but relatively vocal minority however and this is just from what i've seen just from what we've been posting on on, on online and then and what's been going on on twitter it's just too many people really to say that this is all bots that are very much against amber heard and the thing is, I still think that it that Warner Brothers will. I I don't think that they will get rid of Amber Heard. I think it will be too much heat for them to take, and I also think I don't really think there's any point. And um, as far as like if people are saying, oh, they should recast the role, I'm like, well, that I mean, there are other people in this film. It shouldn't really be all about Amber Heard. And there are also reports that that I I spoke about a couple of days ago that they're they're actually planning on expanding her role in the movie. Okay, that's fine. I mean, again, the the problem is is that at, as it stands, she's basically won the case. So she, not, I know it isn't her. The whole case is between Johnny Depp and the Sun that was in the UK, and and the Sun newspapers ended up winning that case. Basically, um, being able to prove that their claims that Johnny Depp is a wife beater or was a wife beater are were, were were true and that's actually what the what the judge said in the ruling so it's as far as amber heard's concerned and as far as warner brothers are concerned she's kind of out, you know she she's she's not really the one that they're worried about now it's it's very much johnny depp which is why they asked johnny depp to resign from uh from fantastic beast 3 as grindelwald and it's it's upsetting because you know I, I've heard those I've heard those tapes myself and they're not they don't make for nice nice listening at all between Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. But apparently the Sun were able to prove that what they were saying was correct, and it convinced a judge. I wasn't privy to the information in that in that case. I know a lot of people are claiming that they were, but trust me, they weren't. Um, because it's just not how the UK courts work. But it's, again, Amber Heard's a a very vocal uh, member of the Me Too movement, and I think if if you end up sacking her and replacing her, I think that would just be... I don't think Warner Brothers is prepared to do that, and I don't think... I don't really see that executives at Warner Brothers and people that actually deal with all this stuff actually feel that there's a need to that again this is I'm I'm just being a hundred percent completely honest with you I don't think it's happening again it might it might change in the future because Johnny Depp's got a lot of cases going on <laughs> and um, a lot of libel cases many of them in the United States most of them now I think they're all actually in the United States but it's it's one of those things that's like it's kind of ongoing and people are very vocal about this online apparently warner brothers aren't taking those petitions online petitions seriously so maybe i mean i i again don't i don't think they're going to get rid of her Uh, i know a lot of people want want them to but i don't think it's going to happen but what do you guys think let me know in the comments below right moving on actually this is again related uh it's a it's an amber heard story there are lots of amber heard stories at the moment and this one uh i was brutally honest before i'm going to be brutally honest with this story so this comes from uh i think he's well i call him daniel richman 
I believe that's his name, but he's uh, calls himself an industry in, an industry insider, so someone that knows what's going on in Hollywood. He's got a lot of. He's apparently very very connected. I'd love to have some of this guy's sources. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know who he talks to, but he posts a lot of stuff. And the most recent thing he posted was well, one of the most recent things he posted was that apparently Amber Heard has been in talks with Marvel for the role of Susan Storm. Just let that sink for a second. It's not happening. That's not happening. I, I, I ran the story because I was like, I want to write about this. And um, I did put the word reportedly in the title. I know people get annoyed about that. I understand. I, I really do understand. I wanted to do a, a bigger kind of feature on it, but I did. I really didn't think it needed the time of day. I'm not going to spend that long on it in this stream. All I'm going to say is that she's completely wrong for the role. And uh, sh again, I know I was saying how Warner Brothers is prepared to give her more time in uh, in an Aquaman 2. And there have even been reports that apparently they're thinking of giving her a, so a Mira solo movie, which I think would be bonkers if they do that. But Marvel Studios is a different studio. Disney is a different studio. I don't think they'd want to associate themselves with Amber Heard, even if she is right and like, not right, even if she is proven to not be guilty or even if Johnny Depp is proven to be guilty which at the moment, as it stands, he kind of is, unfortunately. It's just as, I mean, as, as far as the UK courts are concerned. But um, yeah, I don't think they'd be prepared for, I don't think they'd want her in, in the MCU. I don't think she's a good enough actress to play that role. And I also think there's a much better actor, actor out there for the role that a lot of people already want that I've heard that Kevin Feige is already very interested in casting and that's Emily Blunt. So you, Emily Blunt, Amber Heard, you know, she's not right for the role. I'm sorry. Anyway, that's that story done. I'm going to move on to the next, but maybe let me know what you think about that in the comments below. Right, moving on to the next story. And again, it's so much Amber stuff, but this is Johnny Depp. And apparently, uh, so this is a, this comes from a, an article in, on, in, sorry, in Insider. And in Insider, they spoke to uh, a former, I think it was a former prosecutor they spoke to. Let me just get the article up here. Yeah, here we go. So I put experts in quotation marks because I don't know who this person is, but apparently Johnny Depp's career could be over. Uh, say experts following Fantastic Beast 3 exits. So again, this comes from Insider. And they spoke to a federal prosecutor, so a former federal prosecutor called Nima Rahmani. Yeah, Rahmani. And uh, she said in the interview, it's actually quite interesting what she said. She goes, I predict his career may never recover. May never recover. Disney has lost interest in Depp for its Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. And I can't imagine any other major studio wanting to work with him. He's going to be the next Harvey Weinstein. That's what she said. That's not me. That's what she said. That, her quote. I really think... I don't. I don't, I, I don't think you should... I don't think you can compare Johnny Depp to Harvey Weinstein. I'm going to be completely honest there. I don't think that's a clever thing to do. That's that's what I'm going. To, that's all I'm going to say about it. Because there's another quote from her here. She then said, Depp, "Depp should get out of the defamation lawsuit business while he still while he still has a, a fragment of a movie career. The Virginia case is also a loser, like many." Celebrity family law cases that do little to show celebrities in a good light. Depp, Depp should stick to scripts written by others rather than airing 
his real-life drama in a courtroom. So to me, it sounds like this person really doesn't like Johnny Depp. Again, she's obviously uh, far, far more knowledgeable on these things than I am. But I, I'm going to say one thing. Maybe she's right. I think she's probably right as far as the defamation cases are concerned. I actually don't. I'm pretty. I'm actually quite surprised that he went for the son to begin with. But the whole thing was about his reputation. So it's a really important case for him. And actually, interestingly enough, um, celebrities do tend to win cases far more in the United Kingdom than they do in the US. But um, calling him, comparing him to Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein, I think you got to you got to draw the line somewhere, and, and that's that's not on. I mean, say what you will about Johnny Depp, say what you will about his relationship um, with Amber Heard, and whether he is a wife beater or not, he's not. He is not a Harvey Weinstein. Whoever, I mean, I think I'm. I'm actually really surprised that Insider published that uh, that quote because I think you're taking it way too far. Harvey Weinstein was was a genuine monster. Is a genuine monster. Hopefully, he won't be around for that much longer. But um, yeah, he is, and uh, that's been proven. That's been proven in a court of law. That's you know, if you you can read uh, the. Catch and Kill book, Ronan Farrow's book, which is fantastic. Read that, listen to his podcast, then you'll know how much of a monster he is. Johnny Depp is nowhere on that level. Like, no, no. <laughs> I'm really sorry, but I, I don't want to spend too much time on that. But I just wanted to to say that because that is a that is a quote and a half. <laughs> God. Anyway, moving on and moving on to again more Fantastic Beast news. But this, this I actually found very, very interesting because there have, of course, been there have been rumors and supposed uh, exclusives from uh, places like, well, originally I saw it in Popcorn Planet and then it was reported by Deadline as their own exclusive. I will say that the, the timings on that Popcorn Planet were first. But anyway, um, Warner Brothers, sorry, uh, according to Mads Mikkelsen, who was talking to uh, IGN, over the phone, he said that the claims that he's uh, replacing Johnny Depp, that he's replacing Johnny Depp as Grindelwald in Fantastic Beast Three, is a rumor. That's what he said. So ex- I'll say the exact quote. Okay, so he said, "Okay, that is the rumor basis. As, uh, that is on the rumor basis as we speak. So I know as much as you do from the newspapers. So I'm waiting for that phone call." So according to Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, he's not been approached for the role. Again, this happens all the time. Actors are always told to deny things until they're 100% confirmed. Uh, so that could that could be very that could be the case here. He could have already been cast. But just as far as his um, his interview with IGN's concerned, he said that he's not he hasn't been approached for the role, and that at the moment it's still a rumor. And he's saying that. The best I heard, all I heard was from the newspapers, you know, that kind of thing. I'm pretty sure he's been contacted. Again, I I haven't, this this isn't anything from my sources. This is just me speculating. I I think he's been contacted. I actually think he's already been cast. Because if that, that rumor, again, it was something that was reported by Deadline, which is, uh, I trust them. They're a very reputable um, outlet. They wouldn't have gone with it unless there was at least some truth to it. Again, if 
And again, as I said before, this sort of stuff happens all the time with actors. Actors are always saying that, you know, they're not... I mean, the famous example is Jason Momoa saying, no, I've heard nothing about Aquaman. He'd already been cast. He'd been cast years ago. And he was saying, no, 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 no. And it's, you know, they have to kind of say that until the thing's official because I suppose they're legally probably not allowed to say anything. And I think that's the case here. I am very, very, very excited to see Mads Mikkelsen play Grindelwald. I'm really, again, it might not happen. If, if, if he's telling the truth, it might not happen, but I'm pretty sure it'll happen. And I think he's perfect casting for the role. I realize a lot of people out there are very, very upset that Johnny Depp isn't playing the role anymore. I understand I'm pretty upset as well about that because I don't think he should have been fired from that role, which he was really. But I actually think in retrospect, I think Mads Mikkelsen is actually a better fit for the role. But other people have other opinions on all of that and I'd love to know what you guys think. Let me know in the comments below. Right, moving on and moving on to... We're finally moving away from... Fantastic Beasts, Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, Aquaman, we're moving away from all of that and on to Transformers. So <laughs> this is not one of my favorite franchises, but I will say that I actually did really, really enjoy Bumblebee. Uh, I thought that was a really good film. And that was directed by Travis Knight. And that was kind of, it wasn't a reboot. It was more, um, it was like a side kind of film in a weird way because it was set in the 80s. I think it starred um, Hayley Steinfeld, and she's she's brilliant in that film. But according to the Hollywood Reporter, um, Transformers, the Transformers reboot, so it's getting a reboot. It's got a new director in Creed II's Stephen Capel Jr. So Creed II is actually a really good film. It's not quite as good as Creed One. That was that Creed, the first Creed movie was directed by Ryan Coogler. This the Creed Two is, I think, is actually a really solid film. But he's reportedly uh, directing uh, directing the movie from a script by Joe B. Harold, who's currently working on Zack Snyder's upcoming project, Army of the Dead. Interestingly enough, what Paramount Pictures did, and Hasbro as well, is they actually employed two people to write two different Transformers scripts. So they, write, they, they employed Harold, and they employed James Vanderbilt. And James Vanderbilt is very famous for having written Zodiac, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. As far as uh, J.B. Harold's concerned, his filmography isn't quite as impressive. But the thing is, is that you can you can say, you can say this sort of thing about about a scriptwriter. But the, I mean, a script might be absolutely incredible, and then the movie ends up being terrible. It's it's you know, it's not always it's not always the case that you know that a scriptwriter isn't always doesn't always represent the films that he's written or she's written the scripts might have been better than the final film so for instance he wrote awake which was a, a film he also i think he also directed that movie actually so that was i think that was a starring hayden christensen i believe uh, which wasn't brilliant he then uh, wrote and produced uh, king arthur <laughs> the legend of the sword which was of course that guy Ritchie movie which starred charlie hunnam and was just dreadful and then he uh, helped write uh, Army of the Dead with uh, Zack Snyder. And he, but he's also worked on a whole load of things. He was an executive producer on Edge of Tomorrow. He was uh, an executive producer on Robin Hood, which was also not very good. And uh, he was an executive producer on John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum, which is a fantastic action film. So, <clears throat> 
you know, it's, there's a, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of kind of slightly turgid stuff in, in that in that list. I will I will admit that, but you know, you, you haven't you haven't read the script. It's possible. It's probably an incredible script. Then again, we also haven't read James Vanderbilt's script, which I bet you is incredible. But they've gone with Harold's script. They've gone with Stephen Capel Jr. to direct. These hopefully, I mean, I'm I'm a bit surprised that these films are still happening. But then again, they do make a lot of money. The Michael Bay movies made incredible amounts of money, like ridiculous sums of money. Um, I I did I did put it in the in the article how much money they 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 made with Michael Get oh, over four point four point eight four billion <laughs> those movies made. So they're a massive kind of income like stream of income for Paramount Pictures. And of course, Paramount don't they really don't. I mean, this year they really haven't done very well. But then again, no movie studio has, and they are. It is one of their big franchises, so it's like their tentpole, their their tentpole franchise, really. And um, I mean, I'm excited to see this, to be honest, because I really, I really want to see a Transformers movie done well. I think Bumblebee was almost that. I really liked what tra- what Trevor um, Travis Knight was doing with that film. I liked the kind of '80s vibes. I liked the fact that it was a smaller movie. I like the fact that it wasn't just robot porn, which honestly those Michael Bay films are just explosions after explosions. But I think I, I, I'm I, let's just say I am mildly optimistic <laughs> for for this next Transformers movie. We'll have to wait and see. But let me know what you guys think in the in the comments below. Right, uh, moving on to. Uh, the penultimate story of the evening, and that's that Disney is rumored to want to bring Sigourney Weaver back to the Alien franchise. So, of course, this again comes from insider Daniel Richman. I think, again, I think that's how you say his name. But this this comes after it was also, it was rumored that uh, Disney is working on another Alien prequel with Ridley Scott that's not connected to Ridley Scott's previous prequels. If that makes any sense to you, let me know, because it really doesn't make any sense to me. How do you have an alien prequel that's not connected to Ridley Scott's prequels? I don't know. I really don't know. But apparently it's all in the Alien franchise. It's like the Alien saga. And they're going to be making another movie with Ridley Scott. He has a lot of ideas, so maybe it'll work, maybe not. I don't know. But according to Daniel... Uh, they want to actually get Sigourney Weaver back into the Alien franchise, which I actually think isn't a bad idea. I love Sigourney Weaver. Alien, the 1979 movie, is one of my favourite movies of all time, of course, directed by Ridley Scott. Sigourney Weaver plays Ellen Ripley in that film, and she is fantastic. She's been brilliant in every other Alien film ever made since, even if the movies have been terrible. She was in Aliens, Alien 3, and uh, Alien Resurrection. Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection are terrible. I'm not a big fan of Aliens, but I know there are lots of people out there that love that movie, and I can understand why. It's James Cameron taking on the Alien franchise and making it an action franchise, which is fine. I liked the original Alien because I'm a big fan of... um, I love sci-fi horror, and that's like the kind of granddaddy of sci-fi horror, and it is brilliant and still holds up to this day, and I think will do for for forever, for for eternity. But I do like the idea of her coming back, mainly because... I don't know if you remember, but there was this, uh, there was this kind of idea, there was this project going on with uh, Neil Blomkamp. I think that's how you say his name, the uh, uh, the director of District Nine and a uh, bunch of. Uh, there are so many other. There, <laughs> District Nine is the one that. So wait, Neil 
Blomkamp, I think. Yeah, it is Blomkamp. Neil with two L's. So he directed District 9, Elysium, Chappie. They're the three movies he directed. And he also wrote them as well. And, uh, you know, I, I actually really, really loved District 9. And I really, really loved his idea his uh, actually not not so much his idea but his drawings that he came up with for alien and another alien which would have been alien 5 starring sigourney weaver and it just made me want to see that movie so much because i think i think neil blomkamp has he's got talent he's got a lot of talent there i think chappie was pretty bad and elysium was fine District 9 shows that he definitely has a lot of talent and he has visual flair. He's able to come up with some really unique and interesting ideas. I think he does need to be reined in slightly. And I think him working at a place like Disney, which of course this would be now after they acquired Fox, the Alien franchise is now with Disney, they'd be able to give to to, to give him the tools but also... The executives there, I think, the producers would be able to rein him in slightly and kind of really make sure that this film works and is as good as it possibly can be. I know people say Disney tends to water things down, but I think it's actually the opposite. I think they really do work hard on making sure that their films are as good as they possibly can be. I know people dislike like the Star Wars recent Star Wars movies, but I actually think there's, I think they're as good as they possibly could have been, really, um, because the Star Wars franchise again. I'm going in I'm going on a tangent here but they they were in a very very bad way after the pre, after the prequels really really were I, if you love those prequels movie if you love the prequel movies then fine but it, you cannot deny that the Star Wars movies were in a pretty poor position before Disney took over because people were burnt by by the prequels and they kind of got it back and now we're seeing with the Mandalorian people are very very excited about this about this show but and they're loving it. So, again, we're, we're going to have to wait and see what happens with the Alien franchise, but I hope they do do it. Final bit of news uh, today, and that's that there's a new James Bond game coming. It's called Project 007, and it's coming uh, from IO Interactive, which is the uh, mo- the developers that made all the Hitman games and the Kane and Abel games. Uh, not Kane and Abel, Kane and Lynch games, sorry. And I am very, very excited for a new, uh, <laughs> uh, a new James Bond game. I loved the GoldenEye uh, 007 game. I've actually played almost every single James Bond game after that, but none of them has been, have been quite as good as that GoldenEye game. And I'm just really, really looking forward to seeing what they do with the property. It's a brilliant property. Uh, I'm excited to see who they have as Bond. Will it be Craig? Will it be someone else? Will they go back in the past? Will it be Sean Connery? Who knows? But there is a, a really fun uh, teaser trailer online, which is all like a barrel in a takes place in a gun barrel, and it has the kind of 007 kind of uh, yeah gun barrel iconic shot, and I'm really excited to see that. But let me know what you guys think in the comments below. And with that, I'm going to say good night. Thank you very much for watching. Have a lovely weekend. If you like, uh, if you don't like watching these and would rather listen to them as a podcast, I do release these as a podcast. You can find that at Small Screen Stories, wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us five stars. That'd be brilliant. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. 
hit that notification bell, do whatever you do on, on YouTube, do all of that. If you're watching on Facebook, like, subscribe, well, like the page, follow the page, like the video, share the video. If you're watching on Twitch, do whatever you do on Twitch. You can follow Small Screen everywhere at Small Screen GB. That's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can follow me at EJ Lauder on Facebook. And thank you very, very much for watching, guys. Also, you can go on the website. That's small-screen.co.uk. But yeah, thank you very, very much for watching. And I'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Goodbye.